Hello, my name is Simon Miller from What Culture Wrestling, and you are listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast, and you better keep listening to it. Why? Here's why. You're, You're listening, listening to the Podmania, Podmania Pro, Pro Wrestling, wrestling Podcast. Podcast, a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we can produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, CastBox, and all other podcast platforms. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at podmania.co.uk. Let's do this. another episode of the pod mania podcast episode 117 we are recording this on the 14th of may and i am back people the gang is back together i'm joined by garth and i'm joined by the self-proclaimed reggae jesus of wrestling chris you, himself you added reggae bit reggae <laughs> was not me. how are we doing guys indie is my indie is my thing um bad rob i got big time with bull dancey and it doesn't feel good. <laughs> 36 <laughs> seconds. 36 <laughs> seconds into the podcast, and you've already name-dropped the fact that you got big-timed by Bull Dempsey. Chris, Chris, I'm going to set the scene. I'm going to lay the scene out for you. Would you like to tell everyone why and how you got big-timed by Bull Dempsey? Okay, so I've been recording an NXT retrospective because, you know, that's, I, that, that's how I get the girls. And, <laughs> and, I've, and I had, um, I forget, I'm sorry, man, I've forgotten your name from the Irish Whip um, podcast. Is it Josh? Um, James, that's his name, fucking from the Irish Whip podcast. Lovely bloke, go listen to the Irish Whip. And follow them to Twitter at Three Irish Boys. And he was like halfway through the podcast, he was talking about Bill Dempsey. And he was like, you know what, man? I do security for wrestling, and that's how I get a lot of my guests on. So if you want, I can ask for Bill Dempsey. I thought he was joking. I honestly, God, thought he was joking. So I was like, yeah, sure, man. Get Bill Dempsey. That would be fucking hilarious. So we actually went up and asked Bill Dempsey. And he, he was like, no, I only do a major podcast. And in my head, um, and also apparently he was like being a dick to children. Um, but this is coming from him, not from me. He was apparently like kids would go up to him asking for a photo and he'd be like, that's $10 and not feel, and like not be like, oh, sorry, man, that's $10. Just $10, you little fuck. And <laughs> it's sort of like, it's, there's a point where it's like, you're Bill Dancy, man. Like the highlight of your career is jobbing to Baron Corbin. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, just say no, you cunt. <laughs> And there you go, so, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. That is how, in a nutshell, we got big-timed Bible Dempsey. And not only that, what's all this about us not being a major podcast? What the <laughs> fuck is that about? 30 oh. listeners a week, baby. I'm sorry. You can have your talk is Jericho. You can have your going in raw. I'm sorry. We are Podmania. We're happy with our 30 listeners a week, guys. If you are one of those 30 we, people, thank we you cover so the much. Shit. We, we cover the shit you don't watch. We are 10. <laughs> We are 10% of our own fan base. <laughs> <laughs> and we love it. Um, so this week, ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to do is there's a little bit of a change to the Ring Road Roundup simply because, unfortunately, I just don't have time to research the news every single um, all week and then sort of 
condense it for you. So what we're going to do is we're going to bring some topics for our round table discussion. Still going to call it Ring Rate Roundup because it's a good name. Um, so we're going to talk about them. Me and Chris are going to talk about what has been a fucking outstanding Best of the Super Juniors Night 1 and 2. Chris and Garth are going to talk about the latest Impact Wrestling offering. And then, rather than give you our Money in the Bank predictions, because as we've already said, we're recording this at 10 to 10 English time on the 14th of May. So SmackDown hasn't aired yet, which means that the chances are there will be changes to the Money in the Bank card. We are going to give our predictions as to who will win the ladder matches. And then for our full predictions, we'll post them to Twitter and on the website under pay-per-view pickums, um, closer to the date. You ready yeah. with that, guys? You all right? Oh, yeah. yeah also, match of the week. Don't forget match of the week. We've also got match of the week. How could I forget? However, lads, unfortunately, with, with the change in structure of Ring Road Roundup, it also means that one more thing has gone. <sighs> My happiness. <laughs> no, that was, that was never there. Um, oh, fucking hell, how deep have you gone already? Jesus. Um, no, unfortunately, guys, the music is no more. So just take a moment and. Uh, just... Ironically, a moment of silence for the music. It's a sad time. But the first thing With I. The music died. <laughs> the one thing. But they have reported that the team of Asker and Kyrie Sane have officially been named now after the absolute debacle that has been the war raiders um <laughs> slash viking experience slash viking raiders slash viking people slash hairy berry bikers um <laughs> we have got we have got the kabuki warriors fucking hell kabuki quantum fighter now i'm gonna make a very 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 slight admission um, I laughed when it when I first read that it was the Kabuki Warriors. Again, this could be bullshit. So, you know, we're just saying because, you know, why not? Um, because I thought Kabuki was Bukaki. Uh, so I got... <laughs> I got those two things very, very mixed up. And I thought this has got to be <laughs> very bullshit. Very, is, very Vince, different things. I bet Vince thought that as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's livid now. <laughs> um... Basically, Kabuki is a type of dance slash theatre, Japanese dance and theatre, which sort of fits in with, especially Asuka's sort of entrance, at least. Uh, it has nothing to do with piracy, so I'm not entirely sure how that fits Kairi Sane. Um, it's just so stereotypical. It's unreal. They might as well have... They could, they, they could be the Orient Express 2.0. <laughs> they genuinely might have just... Might as well have just called them two Japanese ladies. Yeah. The rising star, rising sun, or something's fucking. I was, just... I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> Probably did. Dude, you're not okay. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, opinions, Garth. Opinion uh, worse than the debacle <sighs> with War Raiders, or how are we feeling? I mean, it's. I don't think it's as. It's as not as shocking as that because at least War Raiders had a, a name. They've just give them a name because they didn't really have one, like. It's shit. Uh, yeah. Does it worry um, you somewhat, talking to both of you at large now, that we have got in this tag team the longest reigning NXT women's champion? 
who had this mammoth undefeated streak of 500 and something day. Uh, sorry, was it 500 and something days or 600? A massive, it was, it massive was a, streak. It was a lot of fucking days. It was a lot of fucking days. You know, journalism. Um, <laughs> and what we've done is we have got a pay-per-view where we have got an eight-person ladder match. An eight-person ladder match. Not for the championship. Okay, so you've got championship match as well. And... Not only can Asuka not find a way onto that card, and is she not part of the women's ladder match at Money in the Bank, she's now in a tag team with another outstanding wrestler in Kyrie Sane. Yeah. I don't know why we expect things from the WWE. I know, anymore, it's, to be it's, honest. Just, it's just showing their lack of, um, like, their lack of foresight with any sort of booking whatsoever. I don't know if you listened to the podcast while you were away, Rob. But I'm like, actually, I don't think you ha- you did because we went to some fucking places, and <laughs> Jesus Christ, uh, and like I I had to watch Raw for those, well not Raw, I watched highlights one, Phil Raw the other, and like I've never, well I have been more depressed, but I've never been like more depressed than the podcast, and I just started to amuse myself, li- write lists of things okay. I'd rather watch than Raw, mm. and that's how I feel about WWE at large, unless it's NXT, I don't really care. <laughs> There was a wonderful tweet, and I'm very, very, very sorry to the person who tweeted this out because I can't, you know, call you out for your amazing tweets. I forgot to take your name. But they said Bray Wyatt has been hospitalized with severe back trouble having to carry Raw. And (laughs) it's so depressingly true that Bray Wyatt's new character, which we might as well seamlessly transition into, um, that Bray Wyatt's new character and this whole Firefly Funhouse is... I don't think I'm out of line by saying literally the only thing worth tuning into Raw for. Can I explain the segment? Because I've taken great delight in explaining the segment over the last couple of weeks. Go for it. Okay, so basically it starts off and it has the theme tune, which is a fucking bop. And <laughs> a fucking trans- bop? An absolute bop. As in B-O-P? Yes. That, that is a thing that people say. As in like B-bop? You're so fucking old. <laughs> As in my, so... as in my, my nan enjoys bopping to music. We reclaim words, my generation. Anyway, <laughs> do continue. So it starts off regular, and he's like, "I'm, I'm over here, not over there, you silly goose." When he goes to the same place, and he's there, and then it went places. Talk. It was, it was like, like um, page doll was sort of like um, <laughs> mini page was sort of like. Hey, I, this better be worth me waking up. Which, like, I imagine is what Paige is like most days. And <laughs> she, she went. I went on, and like, it, it really went places. Like, he put on. Have you? Do you guys read New Fifty Two Batman? Um, I've read parts of the New Fifty Two Batman. I haven't. I'm not. A okay, you, so are you aware that within the New Fifty Two Batman that Joker ripped off his face? Yes. He wore that fucking mask. Like, it is literally just that Joker mask that came with the fucking limited edition death of a family and showing my comic knowledge um and just he was like oh man i'm 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 just so ready for all this and like it gives me special tingly feelings but very few things give me and he's paraphrasing uh, here ladies and gentlemen that isn't exactly what was said (laughs) bray wyatt turning in a kids program going i'm getting tingly feelings this is is my review 
like there was dolls and shit, and just that was it... fucking horrible. That bit. What? It looked like someone else slipped out as well. Good band. They're all right. Um. Yeah. Basically, that was that was it. And then the as he transitioned, he it was all about the secret, wasn't it? And um, he transitioned into this thing, and it was it was this horrific, twisted metal clown that he transitioned into. But over the top of it was this sort of distorted twinkle twinkle little star and yeah. then just this it ended on you know this catchphrase that's sort of caught on on twitter especially this pardon me yowie wowie but he said it in such a sinister way and it was just like holy shit yowie of course and the practice of drawing um characters in an anime style in homoerotic situations really yeah oh. <laughs> I doubt Vince knows that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's just so, something people say, and then it got adopted by the weebs. But, oh well. But, I mean, there's been rumours. I mean, there's everyone almost universally is in love with this gimmick and is saying it is very, very entertaining. It's a really good new direction for Bray. And if it can transition to in-ring, brilliant. Now, what... Even- even Garth loves it, which is very rare. Garth things. hates everything and everyone. And yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> to be honest, it took us uh, ages to persuade him to actually do a podcast with us because he hated us. Absolutely it's, hates it's, us. He still it's does. Like it's, like, it's weird. Like, in his car, when we went down to Newcastle, not to, to Blackpool, he doesn't have, like, a car seat. It's like an armchair. The car drives itself, and he just complains <laughs> about how the car runs. Yeah, and it's got a toilet as well. He's just got a little decanter of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Ron Swanson, Ron Swanson is my hero. What can I say? <laughs> when he started giving me the talk, though, that's when things got pretty up. <laughs> um, the thing is with this now is how is it going to transition into an in-ring presence? Because skit-wise, it's going to be amazing. Save your idea for a second, okay? Because I want to see if it's in line with any of these that I've seen online, there has been a couple of theories. There's been, it's all going to be a lead up to Hell in a Cell where he's going to call that his fun house and we're going to have some manner of fun house match. Now that could go one of two ways. We could either have an absolutely stellar Hell in a Cell match or we could have the wank that was the Ambrose Asylum match. <laughs> There's also um, the current feud for the United States Championship, which is Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio. There are rumours that once that feud is wrapped up at Money in the Bank, that we are going to have Bray Wyatt transition into that feud. Now, if that is the case, brilliant. I love the fact that Bray Wyatt is in the title picture, but he can't lose that feud. (laughs) Not after coming back with this amazing gimmick can he go into his first fucking feud and lose. He needs to come back with a beast, like a monster. I mean, he has t- he's slimmed down and bulked up massively. Yeah, he's like a different bloke. It's he looks terrifying. Like a, he's like he's like a mini brawn. He is. He is absolutely. I mean, there's loads of people saying, "Oh, just reform the Wyatt family." No, don't do that nah. because the WWE don't know how to book it, and that's going to transition into another piece of news in a moment. Once I finally let Chris off the leash and give us his grand <laughs> booking, go for it, Chris. Okay, so like I want him to wrestle cute animals, huh? like like a puppy, and like that will get him mega heat because he's because ki- he's kicking a puppy. So basically, what you want to do is you want to put Bray Wyatt's new gimmick into DDT. Okay, but well, now because it will be okay, yes, 
but also it won't be comedic. It would be for heat. It would be a real puppy, but like a trained puppy. I don't think um, the real <laughs> WWF would appreciate that. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I just thought, I'll, as much as I loved that skit, I would like them to have drawn it out a little bit more, but I get the feeling that Bray and the people who were behind it, apparently Jeremy Borash is involved. Well, uh, it's somewhat obvious considering he did all the broken stuff. So, well, like, yeah. It, it reeks very much stuff. of broken stuff. Yeah. But, like, I would like to have drawn out, but I'm guessing they're saying we need to strike while it's hot and before Vince gets his fingers on it. This transitions really, really well into the next news story. Now, it is reported widely that SmackDown has been told that by Fox, obviously who they are moving to in this massive, you know, billion dollar deal, um, that they need to reach 3 million viewers on a weekly basis or they risk cancellation. Now, (laughs) as WWE's product has deteriorated at such an alarming rate that they are now... I mean, Raw is just over a million views, I believe. I think it's at 1.2, I think, which is its low in rate, lowest ratings ever. And this is including a time when Damien Demento used to headline. <laughs> um, SmackDown has fared slightly better. But when one of your main feuds, and again, this is nothing against him at all, but once your main, one of your main feuds is Shane McMahon on both fucking shows. Yeah. You know, it's such an... And Baron Corbin. I mean, Baron Corbin went over Ricochet clean this week. Clean. Oh, good. I mean, what do stars. Exactly. What did WWE see in Baron Corbin? A waistcoat. I mean, he's, he's not, a big e- guy he's not just... even the GM anymore. Why is he wearing that fucking waistcoat? Right, because they're not paying him all that much. We just—he also works in the arena bar, VIP bar, right? That's his match. <laughs> That's James. Does, uh, That's James cool from Irish Whip. <laughs> he does all the security. Um, <laughs> I mean, not only is it a waste of time watching him wrestle because he's boring as fuck, um, but it's dragging Bobby Lashley down. It's dragging Drew McIntyre down. Um, yeah. It's, this whole feud with Braun is ridiculous because Braun, they had the hottest commodity in wrestling in Braun Strowman at a time last year. And, I mean, he's been taken out of the Money in the Bank ladder match now and I don't think one person really gives a shit. Which, how you managed to dampen Braun Strowman, I've got no... Well, you drop him out to Brock Lesnar in the middle of Saudi Arabia, but... Um, yes. Or Australia. Was it Australia? No, it was Saudi Arabia, wasn't it? It was Saudi Arabia. Um a lot of weird things happen in the middle of Saudi Arabia. I mean, Goldberg versus Undertaker and journalists dying. Like, there's a lot of weird things happen in the middle of Saudi Arabia. Love how you prioritize those two things. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, one makes me sadder. I mean, if this news story is true, this isn't confirmed, but it was reported on quite a few different sites. This is alarming because not they've got to find 1.8 million viewers weekly from somewhere. Yeah. And not only has the writing become far worse they're misusing talent you've got talent left right and center asking for release which isn't a good public image for the wwe you've got vince clearly panicking on air by creating this ridiculous um what is it wild card rule wild card rule which was fucking broken the same night because six smackdown talent turned up and that's double three exactly you've just quick maths um it, it just completely <laughs> ruins it and vince you know 
he's getting on. He's not the promo he used to be. And it it, it stunk of an old man panicking. And I hate to say yeah. this, I hate to say this, but in two weeks' time, AEW put on double or nothing. In October, they start their weekly TV show. <laughs> Are you telling me that there is a higher probability of SmackDown bringing back 1.8 million viewers a week than there is of AEW finding those viewers? Who are they going to turn into? Because those 1.8 people have turned away from the WWE for a reason, because they want an alternative. Well, that's it. And it's going to be interesting to see what night AEW is going to be on. Because I wouldn't be surprised if they said, right, fuck it, we'll go up against SmackDown. They're not going to go up against Raw. The Tuesday night wars. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if I'm perfectly honest, Raw is not the juggernaut it used to be. No, you can go on and on and on about the legacy of how it's the longest running, you know, show of you know on the USA Network and whatever. It isn't. It. I mean, I can't find a single person, a single person on Twitter, and I spend a lot of my lunchtime going through Twitter and Facebook, <laughs> and there is not one person that enjoys watching Raw. Never before has three <clears throat> hours dragged so much, and a two-minute skit including a wrestler that they have buried to the point of almost extinction, has carried a show. That is ridiculous. On the This this goes to show now how much it's fallen. Do you two know what the dark match was of, uh, of Raw this week? No. no idea. Wasn't, uh, why do you know what the dark match is? Because I do my research, Chris, because I'm a serious <laughs> podcast. Because we're a fucking major podcast, Bull Dempsey. <laughs> Don't at me, bro. More like bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you lost to Baron Corbin. Um, anyway, so what was I saying? I'm confused now because of the my dark anger. Match. Yes, the dark match of Raw just epitomizes everything that we've just said. EC3 <laughs> lost. Who did he lose to? Um, A puppy. I'm going to see. <sighs> Hornswoggle. It's it. Titus O'Neil. Fucking hell. What the living fuck are you doing with that? So that's EC3 done. Just completely done. Just... Not only is EC3 not on... He might as well not be on the main roster. But whenever he does get a TV or a chance to perform in front of people, he's been jobbed out to Titus O'Neil, who does absolutely stellar work on the... Out, on, all of the outside of the WWE, anything to do with charity or any charitable cause, the man is an absolute god. He's amazing. He is not a wrestler, and he has never been a wrestler. At no, no. point have I... I mean, he's objectively a wrestler. Is he, though? Could... I mean, he... I mean, he's a wrestler in the same way that me and Garth are a wrestler. But... Hey, Garth. <laughs> Garth tried to start a feud with Finn Balor, so, you know, he's <laughs> you know, more of a wrestler Finn than any of us. Like the bitch yeah. he is. Yeah, Finn Balor. <laughs> We, we were just across the road, bro. We, we have tried to start fights with a lot of people on this podcast already. Um, I, 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 <laughs> this is going to force WWE's hand. And whether this means that Vince eventually relinquishes control earlier than he it's meant that, to. It's time to t- send Vince to Dignitas. Wow. <laughs> oh, Jeez. my God. He's <laughs> been playing in fucking Bray's Funhouse. Jesus. <laughs> um, 
I just I'm not, th- good, I'm not in a good place this week. I'm sorry. It's, I definitely think okay, that AEW in the long run is probably going to be a good thing for for WWE. It's going to have to focus them. It's going to make them pull up the proverbial pants. This is very pissing much on like, the fucking fans. This is very much like like just before the Attitude Era where you had like fucking butt plug Holly on your card, and then like WCW started doing well, so WWE went put it into high gear. I think that might what be what happens. I hope. Yeah. I hope. It's just final thing. Japanese wrestling people. <laughs> the final thing on this little bit. Um, it speaks volumes that the elite when they were courted by the WWE, they praised how Triple H dealt with things. Yeah. And, uh, there was an, apparently an issue back in like 2011, 2012 when Triple H first started doing this where like veterans wouldn't um, negotiate with Triple H because they didn't see him as a boss but like now that they've stopped trying to suck the rock's cock. Like, <laughs> but he, Triple H is the perfect head because he gets wrestling. Like as much as people... As much as the Reign of Terror was probably a bad thing, I wasn't watching back then. He knows wrestling, he knows how to get good stories over. And like, I'm not being funny, NXT doesn't even have a TV deal and can sell out arenas. So, and Raw, with a very lucrative TV deal, cannot. (laughs) Honestly, now, um, are either of you two excited for Money in the Bank? I forgot it was this week. I have a list of things I'm more excited about than Money in the Bank. Yeah, I mean, but honestly... I'll watch it, but... Well, we're going to have to watch it. We do a wrestling I like podcast. Them. Wait, do we fucking have to up there? Like, do I actually have to? Well, you like, don't do I have to. to. No, you don't have okay. to. You don't have to. I like to the match. I always, I've always enjoyed the Money in the Bank match. But I think it's... You look at the look at the card, and it's just too long. They all There's are. too many matches. They all are. And if you look at the participants in the match... I mean, the participants in the match, the male match, Sami Zayn, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Balor and Corbin. And we've then got Mustafa Ali, Finn Balor, Andrade and Randy Orton. Now, you've got some fantastic high flyers in there. But That's too many people. Well, who's going to win that? Assuming Randy Orton. If Randy mm-hmm. Orton wins... You look at that card, they are not going to give Ricochet the money in the bank briefcase. Not already. We've given more... No, we doing. Are we doing our prediction now? No, no. We'll, we'll. <laughs> right, we're already talking about this. Let's let's stay focused, people. Um, Killer Cross. It has been. Oh, we're not talking about that. Okay, never mind. Yeah. So, Garth. Yes. You are our resident Impact uh, correspondent. Killer Cross yes. has announced that he, or it is being widely announced, I should say, that Killer Cross um, has requested his release. From yeah. Impact Wrestling, um, he's recently signed a multi-year deal, um, and Impact have made it very, very, very clear that Killer Cross will not be released. Now, pretty much similar to how the WWE handled Pack. What's your opinion on this? Well, from what I've read, it's because he went to them and tried to renegotiate, literally months after signing it. So. He's obviously, at the time he signed it, he didn't have interest. Nobody was showing interest because he's had a tryout with WWE back in February last year and it didn't pan out. That's when he sort of went back to Impact and negotiated the deal he's on now. And then he's gone back to Impact to say, look, 
I'm better than, uh, well, I believe I'm worth more. And I think he tried to get like a, a guaranteed salary plus bonuses for per appearance. And they basically turn out and says, no, you've got a contract and we're going to honour it. And you're going to honour the date. So I don't think he's going to get out of it. They might not use him because it is like, it's a sort of pay-as-you-play sort of deal. But I can't see him keeping off TV because he's, he's an attraction. He is. I mean, it sounds like an awful deal anyway. If you're on a pay-for-appearance... It sounds like worse than the deals the lads in Mitch Underground were getting them. They got some awful fucking deals. They got some atrocious deals. Yeah, they really did. It doesn't sound like the greatest deal anyway, but... This is very much a My First TV deal. Yeah, it is. I think I think it's pretty much the case with a lot of them on Impact because of the way the TV is what? and the fact that they're not a big... They're not a big... They don't even get paid to be on TV, do they? I like, just think it's, it's the same as like that. Yeah, it's just the same as like they don't get like a so I don't think it's like a they don't get like a budget. A cut of the gate sort of thing. Or whatever. I think it is just like you get X amount for an appearance. So he's Too obviously Excellent PNA gate is like five pounds. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you look at some of the tiny venues they're having to wrestle now, it's ridiculous. Um, but that is a viable alternative to Raw at the moment, and I think we can both say that. Um, it's a shame. Oh, oh, Progress Super Strong Style 16. Or with Progress Super Strong Style 16, um, which you are watching in earnest, I believe, as soon as Day 2 comes on. Uh... Oh, Day 2's come up. I'm beyond, um, two matches from finishing it. Oh, well, you need to send me your ratings then so we can upload them to our match ratings, which you can find at <laughs> www.podmania.co.uk. Um, moving on now, because we've sort of got a bit bogged down in the news, because despite the fact that we've all said, oh, it's not that much news, there turns out to be quite a lot of news. Um, the last bit, Lars Sullivan. He's a very naughty boy. Now... I am going to put myself out on a limb here. What he said about certain things is ridiculous. and it's not, it's, I'd say it's not as bad as half the other people on the roster. It is nowhere near as bad as people are making out. It is still it's not horrendous. not as bad as AJ Styles. I mean, like AJ Styles said the shit he said under con- while he was under contract with a major promotion. You also can't, however, say what he said about when Kofi Kingston and R-Truth became tag team champions and he basically called them out for using their black heritage to gain sympathy. That's <laughs> not okay. I did, I did yeah. not read that one. I did not read that one. That's, I thought he was yeah. just being an edgelord. Wow. That's atrocious. Wow. Now, wow. before that, okay, you know... He looks racist. How do you look racist? Like, he looks Amish, and I assume Amish people are racist. How does he look Amish? He doesn't like, wear a the, hat. The, the beard, like, he looks like the type of person who erects a barn. <laughs> yeah, with his bare hands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I physically don't know what to do with that information. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's one of them. People say stupid shit, but, you know, and... What was said seven years ago shouldn't necessarily be brought into sharp relief now. But on the other hand, you've got to understand that whatever you put on the internet, I teach this to my children who are 10 and 11 years old, whatever you put on the internet 
is on the internet for good. You can delete it, yes. it will still be found. You can I, guarantee I did, it. In my head, I was like, you have children? I'm like, no, you're a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can have children if you're a teacher. It's, it's not a requirement that I'm not I was, have children. I actually once got in trouble um, on a school trip because it was like, we're go- taking the drama like the shops in, our, in my town. And I we went into one and I went to the shopkeeper and asked if she just thought um, the teacher who was like 22, 23, like a trainee teacher, just had like 20, 30 children. Oh my God. And, and I got in a lot of trouble. <laughs> um, Edgelord. Edgelord. <laughs> I, I was seven. I mean, it, should we be holding Lars Sullivan accountable or should we be saying, look, it happened a long time ago? I mean, I, the, I I personally think that some of his views are completely unacceptable. I do think are... that he should be cut a little bit of slack because of when they were said. But on the other hand, you just you cannot say the things that he has said. This shit, this, my... this, this shit should be found out before he signs a contract. There should be someone like WWE is a conglomerate business. There should have somebody who is their job is literally troll the internet for anything that these people put up before they're offered any sort of thing. It's like a like a CRB check. I mean, for God's yeah. sake, Seth Rollins has had pictures of his penis leaked online. You've got Cedric yeah, Alexander could... who was joking about... What was he joking about on his tweet? Was he... Oh. I, I don't know the Cedric one. What? He he got... He, something he said got bought up not so, um, about was a year ago. When he was talking about slavery and stuff. It, it could have been. He was joking about something and then he had to come out and apologise about it. You've got um, Rhea Ripley, who's obviously just come out for that um, homophobic slur that she, you know... I, I think in the case of Rhea, it's a bit different. It was like, out of context. Just, well, it also just slipped out and it's sort of like, if you're... Like, but you hold some sort of view if it just naturally slips out. You know, in the case of Lars, this is in just like an offhand tweet he made. He made me like targeted to annoy people. He does well, often read, do that. It came out just before we came what online. Was it an apology? Was it an apology? Pretty shit. Someone shared. Um, well, it was like a corporate pro- apology, wasn't it? Yeah. Someone had shared one from Johnny Gargano from 2010 or something about um um. Like transgender people that he sort of had a go at. So that's um, nine I, years ago. I, I, sh- I, haven't act- I haven't actually clarified my view here. I do believe people can change. I, but like, it's very hard in this context to tell if they have. Like, because they're just going to say they've changed and keep their mouth shut to keep their job. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. So, like, I'm plus, not, I mean, I'm, like p- the thing is, like, you've got to what he's obviously grown up in that was acceptable or that was how he was brought up and then he's moved away from that so he's probably realised shit this isn't how the world is here's the thing if half the things I said in even like five years ago because of course I'm still in the process of growing um, came out <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah you still shop for your clothes in Toys R Us um, <laughs> Toys R Us is closed I'm actually really sad about it that it is it's awful um, like fucking Smith Superstore isn't the same anyway uh, I actually sometimes the WWE figures are like five pound when people have been released, so that's nice. And we got, we got, I got off track there. Um, so like, if half a shit I said, like honestly, when that Facebook thing that comes up, it's like this day, um, however many years ago, like I use that to burn my fucking past because half the shit I believe when I was fifteen is just not on. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, I'm glad we, I'm glad I didn't have the fucking social media aspect when I was 
at school like a teenager. Oh, I thought you were going to say that. I'm so glad they didn't have the internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, it was just in its infancy. I mean, yeah. a picture of Pamela Anderson used to take about five minutes to download. Pamela so. Anderson. <laughs> Dead now. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be. <laughs> <laughs> the moment she married Tommy Lee. Um, <laughs> so, but like, yeah, like, I could, you can't fully judge, but also, like, I didn't make a habit to go to people to make them unhappy. I was just a loudmouth. Like, I think... It's it's the context is taken in as well, isn't it? Wasn't it in some sort of bodybuilding discussion? I still fucking I don't care where the fuck the fuck it was. <laughs> like I, I think if it's completely out of context in a random place, that makes it worse. But it's the way that I think it's the, like I haven't looked at it properly, but it looked like it was a full on debate about this thing. It wasn't like he just came out and slurred this bullshit. He just it was in with the, all these other fucking idiots. And it's just like, well, they're just bouncing off each other. And then he's come out and give this really, like, pissy apology, which looks like it's been written by somebody else. Mm. And it's just, just fucking... Like, co- from I, what I remember of the apology, it might as well have said, I'm sorry you feel this way. <laughs> I'm sorry you caught me. And, yeah. And then the, the worst part is this new, this thing where he's been fined $100,000 and he's been sent that sensitivity training what the fuck is that <laughs> it's i um from what i understand from i like it would basically be so clockwork orange. this isn't on it's not like clockwork orange well they have his eyes open in the no it's nothing like, clock, like. I, it's nothing like clockwork orange i assume i haven't seen it but shock <laughs> <laughs> right I just <sighs> Uh, yeah, like, let him make the apology, make him show that he's actually remorseful and he's changed. There's no real way to say sorry for this apart from just not repeat the behaviour, so I think it's a way... Well, maybe he needs to be put, like, in with the people that he's been, like, sort of, like, slagging off or right, being I, prejudiced I'm not, against. I'm not being funny, but I made him travel with R-Truth and Kofi Kingston, that'd be a very awkward fucking ride. Well, yeah, but apart, like, uh, what was saying to do that, he's he spoke to like Kofi and Biggie, and they're all okay. And like that's fair enough. Like that's what you want. But it's not like Hulk Hogan who said awful things when he should when he should have known better, and then was pissy when people didn't accept his apology because Hogan's a cunt. Again, it's and I've said this before, and it's probably it's like the same with Vince. These people have never been told that it's wrong. That's the thing. So they think it's right. I honestly believe that they think the way they think and sort of comment like parmentalize people, they think it's normal, they think it's right. Because they've been on top of the mountain for so long, everybody just says yes, 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 yes. That doesn't make it it's right. Not. Like a lot of this is common human decency. You don't treat one human True. like they're lesser than another human unless their name is Bill Dempsey. <laughs> Big time Bull Dempsey. <laughs> Big time Bull Dempsey. Fuck you, Bull Dempsey. Um, let's move on then, uh, away yeah. from the sordid world of WWE for a moment and focus on something that actually makes us happy. No, not porn. Um, but best of the Super Juniors, which has been fucking great, Chris. Well, you drop you drop the porn thing very randomly in there. <laughs> how, how, good has, how good has this tournament been so far? We're two days in. 
It has been um, brilliant. It's, it's been, it's not quite been a super strong style, but like there's one very strong possible match of year contender in here. So yeah, absolutely. So if we just very, very quickly, Chris, very brief opinions on the replacements. Obviously, El Desperado and Flip Gordon aren't in this tournament anymore. Flip Gordon has been rescinded due to visa issues. Sort your shit out, New Japan. And um, El Desperado broke his jaw in a death match. Who the fuck books a death match three days before the best of the Super Juniors? Unbelievable. It's like one of those people who fucking go on the night out before your last exam. Exactly. Just ridiculous. But I am really sad that we're going to miss out on El Desperado. Not that asked about Flip. Um, but the replacements, of course, are Young Lion, Ren, Narita, and Duki. Or Dauki. I don't know how you say it. I think it's Duki. Duki. Um, like, the, like the Green Day album. Duki. There you go. Good album. Um, opinions on the replacements then, Chris? Um, I know fuck all about Duki, but he did impress in this match, which we'll get on to in a minute. And Ren Narita is probably the best Young Lion. So... He, like for last for literally for literally last minute replacements. They've done quite well, yeah, absolutely. Um Duki has apparently joined Suzuki Goon, um, fairly yeah. under the radar, which I think is a which good thing. Which means I get to see which means I don't need to take a month off from Tai Chi because he's it he's <laughs> in the corner. Yep, yeah, yeah, Tai Chi is in the corner. Um do does it I mean, I think we can safely say that A block is certainly the more stacked block. Now, I think it was slightly harder to tell when those two were in. Um, yeah, but like I think B block had a better overall first day. Um, I like, disagree. Like, like, the, like the first two matches from B block were better than the first two. Like there was one match from night two, I from night one that I preferred, but for the most part, I prefer night two. We'll get into this when you get into the actual matches. But. Okay. Um, I disagree, but again, we can get onto that in a minute. Next thing, well, just my final thought on the replacements. I thought it sort of took out of the drum because El Desperado was going to gain points. Obviously, he'd probably finished quite high up in the group. Flip would have taken at least two, maybe three victories. Ren Narita isn't going to get any victories. Now, that fucks with the booking. Does it also take out a bit of the drama of the matches as well? Mm, yeah, kind of. I, like that's my biggest problem with the round robin tournaments. Where like they're always stellar matches. There's ends up being a lot of matches that are mathematically unimportant. Yeah, which is like which is the most scientific thing I've said in my fucking life. And you got it out really well as well. <laughs> I shouldn't. It's you know it's like it's like when someone does a great move and it's like yes I did a great move. Like in AJ and TNA when you pull someone off great, he just do a little yes. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So like within B block. Now you have basically Rinomia, Doki, and Rocky Romero's matches that are all going to be mathematically unimportant, basically. Yeah. Um. We'll look at we'll look at the nights, and then we can sort of give our opinions on those. So night one, which was from the thirteenth of May from uh, Miyagi, we had for the tournament matches. I'm not bothered about the tags beforehand because you know nobody people is. Have, nobody fucking is. <laughs> people have got shit to do so the tournament matches we had tiger mask defeating taka mishinoku at 10 minutes and 58 seconds with a tiger suplex we had yoshinobu sorry we had titan defeating yoshinobu kanemaru with immortal after 11 minutes and one second we had the villain marty skirl returning 
to New Japan Ring, defeating the debuting Jonathan Gresham in 12 minutes and 22 seconds with the newly named Black Plague, which is a much more appropriate name than The Graduation. Why was it called The Graduation? He used to be called Party Boy Mar- uh, Party Marty. Yeah, but like you don't graduate a party. I feel like you're taking the wrong thing out of that statement. <laughs> uh, not the fact that it's changed to a far more appropriate name. Um, also, really good finisher name. Why has nobody had that before? Um, we then had the semi-main event, which was fucking stellar, with Shingo Tagagi taking on Sho, defeating him in 25 minutes and 7 seconds with The Last of the Dragon followed by the main event, a rematch from the night, night one of Wrestling Dontaku, with Taiji Shimori defeating the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion Dragon Lee in 18 minutes and 32 seconds with a bloody cross. Um, before we give our match ratings in general, Chris, is there any match you want to focus on and talk about? Um, well, I, well uh, with the exception of... Um, I'll get... Very quickly gone through things. The first match had good selling, but not especially good action, apart from when Taka was in control, because Tiger Mask can fuck off. Um, Titan impressed despite not being against like the best opponent. Like I love Kanemaru, because he drinks a lot, and I can relate to that. But You are Scottish. And he... <laughs> depressed. But also... <laughs> that sounded so patronising then. I didn't mean it to. <laughs> it was a genuine I... sense of, mate, we're here. Um, the uh, but Titan really did impress. Like he got his moves in, and I'd look forward to seeing him against a more able opponent. Um, I bet watch him have fucking Tiger Mask on the next show. Um, <laughs> Marty and Gresham had a, te- a bit of a technical matter class there, like nothing overly popping, but nothing bad. Um, and Ishimori and Dragon Lee was really disappointing. <laughs> really, I want to focus on this for a second. Why was it so disappointing? Um. <sighs> Honestly, we've seen Dragon Lee and Ishimori together quite often. We had the triple threat at G1 Supercard. We had an absolutely stellar match in the main event of Night One of Wrestling Dontaku, which, in my opinion, was match of the match of the nights, both nights. Um, absolutely incredible match. To ha- then have this again, I think, was just oversaturation. I think it went a little bit too long. Yeah, it's like it's like if you had your. Um, second date, the day after your first date. Just don't do it. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I know that from experience. Um, So, I, I don't know. I just think it was a little bit of overexposure. I think it went a little bit too long. I think everything they did, we'd sort of seen before. And if this had been maybe a day three match, a day four match, maybe it wouldn't have mattered so much. But, do you know what? I'm... It wasn't a terrible match. I think it just followed an absolute... It was still an above average. I think I've also been spoiled by the fact that Super Strong Style has been happening at the same time on demand. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And the fact that it followed what could quite easily be one of the junior matches of the year in Show versus Shingo. It's why I dropped... That's why I skipped it, because I want to go on to this. Oh, oofed. Oofed. Oh, my God. It was like just two big piles of meat fucking pounding it for 25 minutes, and it was amazing. That is one of the gayest things you've ever said. Really, I say a lot of really gay. Things. That that was really I, gay. I say a lot of I say a lot of homoerotic things. You do. I mean, two just two lumps of meat just pounding. <laughs> I mean, when you <laughs> is what you, you can, just you said. Any, if you say it in that voice, you can make anything sound sexual. For example, when me and Gaff went down to Blackpool, and um, it was a really long journey. Does anything sound sexual when you say it like that? 
And I think you missed your calling doing adverts. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, but yeah, this was absolute. Like it kept like show just would not fucking die. Like show was, was like Bruce Forsyth. It was just unbelievable. And <laughs> poor Bruce Forsyth. Um, he was a racist old man, but um, just yeah, shit, they really put over uh, Shingo. Like they were still downplaying show, which really fed into the story. Also, very quickly, why the fuck is Caprice Coleman on commentary? Caprice, worse... go on. He's like the worst commentator to use in Ring of Honor. He was a lot better on night two, but night one, he stumbled over his words. He didn't really add anything. He just repeated what Chris Charlton said. Um, it, it, he was not good on that honestly, one I think, at all. I think having Kevin Kelly carry it isn't helping. Because like, honestly, Chris Charlton, when he, like, I, especially during like, Fantastic Mania, he is a great lead commentator. Like, when he's taking the lead, like, he knows his history. He um, gets over the matches. If he doesn't know something, he clearly does a fuck ton of research beforehand. He never gets anything wrong. He has a nice enough voice. And, like, why isn't he leading? Because Kevin Kelly fucking sucks. I like Kevin Kelly. I just hate the Destino thing. And I blame you uh, single-handedly for that. Because I was right. fine with it before you mentioned it. Right. You know what happened, Rob? I watch fucking every day of the G1. And every time every... Naito took a pin. Destino! Um, no, what's even worse is when Naito doesn't get the Destino. It's Destino! No, no. You know what actually what was worse, fucking worse? The G1 seed the card when Kevin Kelly was talking like it's a gimmick that people like. No, fuck off. Anyway, this match... Shingo threw everything at him, like the pumping bombers that came out of him. Yeah, Jesus Christ, I winced. And like show, like taking making an effort to distance himself from Rapungi 3K because um because it was his single mission to beat Shingo. Fucking love that shit. Like his attire was different, his hair was different, his music was different, he had his own shirt on, just amazing. And uh, I, I really hope Show does really well in this tournament because he's just amazing. The amount like, of effort that they've done in putting Show over in this match, and yeah. there's no way he's not going to do well in this tournament. I love the fact that Show was the underdog and, and just everything. He came out of the traps at Shingo like you would not believe. And the fact that the commentary team, I know that you've got an issue with the commentary team, but they did a fantastic job of literally saying that, did an amazing job. <laughs> of saying that basically, you know, Shingo has never had this... He's never been defeated. Yeah, he's never been defeated in the 200-odd days that he's been on the main roster. But not only that, he's he's never been pushed as far as show pushed him in this match and there's still that storyline continuation now that goes on for because i don't think show is going to stay with rapongi 3k for that long now because he's this was a star making performance even though he ate the pinfall you know he kicked out of absolutely fucking everything you know and just even his strength when he was getting shingo into that power bomb from a deadlift position you just don't expect that from show i was worried when this was announced on the first night, that we'd seen so much of Rapongi 3K versus Bushi and Shingo that I was just going to be like, I don't care about this match anymore. Fucking hell was I wrong. I mean, just the entire chemistry, the entire in-ring psychology of this match and show, I mean, Shingo goes without saying, the man is just a, he, he's going to be main event in the Tokyo Dome in two years. N no doubt about that. Like, he's, 
he's unbelievable. If he's not in the G1 in two years, I'll be unhappy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so, like, match ratings for night one. Where are they? Match ratings for night one. So, for me, uh, Taka versus Tiger Mask, six stars. Yeah, I'd give it six. Like, it's that's pretty much Tiger Mask's. But actually, both men's ceilings, to be fair, because they're both getting on a bit. Um, but, like, Taka can still kind of go. Yeah, Taka, to be fair, impressed me in this match because he, you know, he picked a body Very part, talented. he worked it. Yeah. He did very well. Um, I found Titan and Yoshinobu Kanemaru very boring. I found it very boring when Kanemaru was in control. I just felt like Titan, when... whereas with Bandido, for example, on night two, or even with Dragon Lee in the main event, all of their offense seemed very, very seamless. It seemed, whenever Titan was on top, it seemed very, right, very choppy. Look at, look at their opponents. <laughs> you have Phantasmo and Dragon Lee as opposed to Kanemaru, who's never been smooth. Yeah, but to be fair, I will... I think Kanemaru is a very, very good wrestler. Kanemaru is very good. Watch any of his matches from Noah back in the mid two thousands. He was a great talent, but he's not had a he's not had like above a six out of ten for what three four years now. So like he's hit that point, which is not it's not bad yet. Like he's not a tiger mask, but he's not he he can't put on stellar matches. I don't think you should judge Titan's offense based on a match with Kanemaru. I think what Titan did with Kanemaru is the best he could have done with Kanemaru. I mean, I give it five. You want to give it six, don't you? So I want to give it six just because of Titan stuff. Okay, we'll give it six then. Uh, Marty versus Gresham, eight stars. Eight. Yeah, absolutely. I like, agree. Ab- absolute technical masterclass and Gresham, ooh, stretch me daddy. Just <laughs> amazing stuff. <laughs> are, you, are you trying to make this weird? I feel like you are. Well, it's a- is it that weird, bro? It could, I could make no. it weirder. We could continue, we could just start calling Garth Daddy. I regularly do. I, um, we, we both regularly do. <laughs> what happens in Blackpool? Um, show versus Shingo, nine stars. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we... I guess like the fact that there's no way in hell Show is winning this, yeah, I'll give it a nine. Why were you going to give it a ten? Well, yeah, like the fact that it stood out while I'm watching like two major tournaments at the same time sort of impressed me. Oh, I mean, I've, I think just the fact that show was basically Johnny Gargano sort of had me in yeah, a trance. Okay, I'll grant it. I was going to mo- knock a mark off for show's absolutely god awful new theme music, which sounds like the entrance music of every eight bit fucking video it, game. It, I thought TJ Perkins was going to come out. <laughs> yeah, it was exactly like that. It was dreadful, but it could it could have it could be worse. It could have been the Rapungi Three K theme. Yeah, that is extremely dull. Have you ever? I've I've actually went out my way to listen to it, and oh my god, the fucking lyrics in it. It may, they named it Gundam, and you no, don't do that. Okay. <laughs> it it sounds like something from a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles soundtrack, but got forgotten. It does. It does. Um... I never forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Gone, but never forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ishimori versus Dragon Lee, seven stars. Yeah. Like they, they should have done. I, don't, I really should have done better. Like we just repeated a bunch of their same spots, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, a lot of the same spots. And again, I just felt like it went too long. Absolutely. 
Match two, uh, sorry, night two then from the following night happened this morning, Tuesday, May 14th, again from Miyagi. Um, we started off with two replacements, which we probably shouldn't get into a habit of calling them that. Uh, Ren Narita losing to Duki in 10 minutes and 13 seconds after the Supex de la Luna, which is an absolutely gorgeous move. Um, <laughs> we then had a very surprisingly good match with Rocky Romero taking the pinfall to Robbie Eagles uh, after 13 minutes and 55 seconds with a Ron Miller special. We then had the flippiest of flippy matches with El Fantasmo defeating Bandido in 12 minutes and 12 seconds after a CR2. Um, Will Ospreay and Bushi put on another absolutely fantastic match with Osprey going over in 16 minutes and 35 seconds with a Stormbreaker. And that was then followed by the oddly placed main event of Taguchi. That you haven't seen. That I haven't seen, but even so, Taguchi in the main event? Never mind. Taguchi defeating Yo in 20 minutes and 38 seconds with a Dodon. Chris, walk me okay, through. So, so first of all, Dookie, really impressed. Like again, he's against a young lion, so you can't really judge him all that much. But he did really well against young Narita. Yep, massively. Um, he he's his um, getup reminds me a lot of um Hayabusa. Yes, I can see that definitely. Yeah, I can see that. He, he's he strikes me as sort of like a nineties junior guy you'd see in like wrestling romance or um frontier martial arts. So yeah, I'm fucking down with this. Um, Robbie Eagles. So, like, this is his best match since coming to New Japan. And oh, 100%. We, he, we, his precision has not been shown to this point. Well, honestly, how many singles matches Robbie Eagles had? He had one with Marty Skrull on, on, on the Honor Rising that, Tour. Oh, in like eight minutes. That went ridiculously short. He's had nothing else. So, you know, to have this platform to showcase on, yeah, definitely. Really, I, really good. And I think we forgot how good Rocky actually is. <laughs> Do you know what I was thinking? The I've got that written in my notes. How good is Rocky? How did we forget this? Yeah, like um, the fact that he's not been in, like, he's been in commentary so much. It, you forget how good he, are, and like how annoying he is in commentary at times. And I don't know, just, Caprice Coleman being on commentary so often makes me think I wish I had Rocky back. Yeah, but then you watch this match, it's just like, can't we just have Chris Charlton on his own? Anyway. <laughs> um, but this match was great. Like the fact he'd go for springboards, but still with springboard target and knee, yeah, was amazing. Like Robbie, like the, honestly, I think we need to take away of the skies thing. Just calling him the sniper, I think, would be really cool because that tells you all you need to know about Robbie Eagles. And like Rocky, like I love how like it was Rocky selling that cost him the match, and just I think like Rocky, like they really did also put him over. Like talking about the LA Dojo, although they hear the word fucking LA Dojo one more fucking time. They did oversell that massively. Yeah, like it's like when fucking Jack Saber Genies and the G1 and every other word is world of sports style. And it's like, I will walk over to fucking Japan, Kevin Kelly, and replace you because I could probably do a better job because you're shite. Anyway, um, amazing stuff. And then the Phantasma Bandino match was basically what you'd expect from a Phantasma Bandino match. Literally flips, that's it. Yeah, literally flips. Um, <laughs> Bandido hit, hit the great, not a real move. Which should officially <laughs> yes. be its name because they don't actually they don't actually give it a name. They never fucking name it. So it's just amazing. Call, just call it not a real move. It's a fall um, away slam off the second rope with a flip attached to the end of it. That's literally what the move is. 
Yeah, and uh, I should probably explain to Gareth because he didn't see G1 Supercard. Um, what, uh, G1 Supercard, he did that to both Dragon Lee and Taji Shimori, and Colt Cabana just shouted, That's not a real move! <laughs> the greatest call. call. The greatest um, call. Osprey and Bushi basically, ha- functionally, had an Osprey and Bushi match, which is never bad. But, like, also, there's only so many times you can listen to the same song. And then Taguchi and Yo was a very, like, functionally really good match. Like, it's probably functionally on this card the match of the night for me. But what the fuck is it doing in the main event? <laughs> like, again, I'm sort of contradicting myself here. But, like, Taguchi has not been... I've not taken Taguchi seriously since I first saw him in Wrestle Kingdom 9. And Yo is, like, the least interesting member of Rapongi 3K, and I'm including Rocky. He is after this week. Um, I mean, honestly, the two things I want to point out, Ren Narita, again, continues to prove that he should be on excursion already. This sort of explains why he hasn't been put on excursion. Dookie, the most unbelievable-looking suplex for his finisher. If you haven't seen it, go and check out the GIF. It's incredible. It's such a gorgeous-looking suplex. Um, It it does look like it could break someone's neck at any moment, though. Oh, it does. He's a very, very loose wrestler. He looks like a deathmatch wrestler. I think he might be a deathmatch wrestler. I think he is. He's from Michinoku Michinoku Pro, which was today years old when I realized that was still a thing. (laughs) His springboard DDT was horrendous. It looked awful. It was. Um, But I think time in New Japan and especially around really good, um, really seasoned juniors like Kanemaru and Despi and Taiji will help him. Yeah, Taiji, not a junior. Um, I, he was a junior. He was at one point, but I know he's good friends with El Desperado outside um, outside the ring. So, you know, that'll rub on and hopefully he becomes a mainstay because I found his character very, very entertaining. Can we just talk about how much of a masterclass it was for Dookie to get Taiji a manager's license? Uh, yes, absolutely. Tai Chi did nothing at all. He, he took away he took away the referee once, I believe, when Dookie hit him with a chair. Yeah, but Tai Chi needs to let Dookie sink or swim. Like he's a good coach. Anyway, um, I'd give this I'd give this six. I'd give it I'd give it six. Um, you're not really going to get much more from a young lion unless you're against Zack Saber Junior. But no, yeah, great stuff. Um, I am full of praise for the Rocky Romero-Robbie Eagles match. I was thoroughly entertained. It was a really good match. Both men hit each other with everything. It was fast-paced. It never at any point felt like it was dragging. Rocky Romero, because you know, he's very rarely in the ring nowadays, just transitioned so well back into being in ring. Um, again, love the way that Robbie Eagles um, targeted that knee. The um, 450 splash onto the knee, and then Rocky Romero hitting the... It was some kind of flip DDT into an arm bar. It was incredible, the transition of the move. And you forget how good a submission specialist Rocky Romero actually is. This was eight stars. Absolutely eight stars. Yeah, uh, I think it would actually be more if this match was in any way mathematically important. Yeah, absolutely, because neither of these people are advancing. Um, No. Fantasmo and Bandido had my favourite spot of the entire night, which was the double Canadian Destroyer. So Bandido hits one on Fantasmo, Fantasmo then hits one on Bandido, and they both sort of gently, because they both land on their feet, obviously, but they sort of gently knock into each other and just collapse with exhaustion. And that spot was just, I loved it. 
I love it. Are you hearing it. background noise? That's Gaff's um, teeth gritting up and no selling. Yes, I agree. <laughs> but it was, it would have annoyed me too, Garth. It would have annoyed me too because I was like, Canadian destroyers, you're literally compacting a man's neck. But it was the, fa- it was the fact that afterwards they sort of stood up, sort of stumbled into each other and collapsed with exhaustion. It was the fact that there was that selling afterwards that made it better. Oh, that was a little like, like um, there was a uh, in Super Strong Style. There was a match between John Davlin and Cal Fletcher of Aussie Open, and the match ended. They were like hitting each other, and then um, <laughs> Davlin just headbutted um, Fletcher and fell on him for the win. Yeah, I think that's a good that that would have been a good way to finish this match. I think seven stars for this one. Um, yeah, um, I think honestly they had more time. They do better, but. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Shane Bandido had to lose, but they were never going to debut and do all this high pomp and circumstance for El Fantasma and then not I think Fantasma is a more ra- well-rounded wrestler than Bandido anyway. Yeah, I'd argue that as well. I'd argue that as well. Bandido, only 24. That is mental. He is still older than me, though. <laughs> I've got tins of beans older than you. Um, you should really chuck them out. I really should. Um, Osprey Bushi. Now, I disagree with you. I think this was a good match. I think it was this a is, really you know, good they, match. They, they never have a. They always have really good matches, but like functionally, it's no different from last year's. Functionally, it's no different from the year before, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. See, I disagree. I think this is the best singles match Bushi's had in the last five years. Bushi's matches are very, very. Cool. They need to stop burying him. <laughs> they really do. They do such a terrible job of burying Why? Bushi. What What's Bushi fucking done to Kevin Kelly? Well, apparently there like, are quite I get... a few people that hate Bushi. Like, what's he fucking done? I don't know. Maybe like, he's... fucking that has he? Did he piss on fucking <laughs> what Antonio Inoki's skull or something? Why do people hate him? I imagine that's not probably the first thing that came to mind for everyone. <laughs> but I mean, it could have been. I gave this an eight, Chris. No, I was thinking I would still give it an like objectively. I'd still give it an eight. I'm just sort of. I know, I think it's also the fact that there's no way Bushi's going too far as well. Yeah, there's got to be people to eat pinfalls, and I think Bushi is one. He'll pick up some wins. I'm sure he'll beat Ren Narita. Bushi, I think he's great. I love his mask. I think he's got... Ooh, I was just going to make a very sweeping statement then, and I've thought again about it. I was going to say, has he got mm. the best LIJ theme? And then I thought, nah, Evils is better. Yeah, Evils is better. Um, I, I, I would have liked with you. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, he'll probably beat Yo. He'll probably beat Taguchi. Um, really, it, I think we're going to give Yo somewhat of a run. He's going to have to beat someone, isn't he? I'm looking forward to the Yo and Rocky Romero match. I definitely wouldn't have thought, thought I'd hear myself say that at the start of the tournament. Um, anyway, so I guess I'll rate Taguchi because you you aren't. No, you didn't you, watch it. Please um, do. This is functionally an eight. This is really good. I cannot believe I'm giving the Taguchi match a fucking eight. That's ridiculous. Wait, didn't <laughs> we give his match against Ishimori an eight? Pardon? Didn't you give his match with Ishimori an eight? Oh, from New Beginning. Um, yeah. Yes, I think we did. I think we did. I think we agreed though that Ishimori carried it. Yeah, um, but also like for, if we ever do get around back around to the fucking wrestling classics, I'm going to make you watch the tag match between the Golden Lovers and Apollo Fifty Five because that does show what Taguchi can do. Okay, fair enough then. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. They are our match ratings for the first two days of the Best of the Super Juniors. Myself and Chris will keep that updated until the podcast next week. It's a long two weeks. It's going to be a long two weeks. I don't know why I'm going to find time to watch Detective Pikachu and all this. (laughs) 
Well, thank God for small mercies. Um, God, I managed to watch the the Master of the Universe documentary last night. Yes, you did tell us that that was what you were doing. Um, You're gonna hate me because I because I grew up with like the 2000 He-Man, and I love it. Uh, I also tr- grew up with Transformers: The Matter, and I love that as well. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Garth, after <laughs> just listening to Gris's, you know, utter drivel, um, <clears throat> what did you think wow. of Impact this week? In fact, Chris, I believe you watched it as well. I believe Garth has turned you into an Impact fan. Didn't turn um, right. So, like, I I didn't want the podcast you went on two weeks ago to just turn into me talking to Garth for an hour about um New Japan and him talking to me for an hour about Impact. So, since Garth is never going to watch um New Japan, I thought I might thought I might as well watch Rebellion. And then Rebellion had the fucking nerve to be good. So now, yes, I am watching Impact. <laughs> How dare you? How like, dare you? How dare you produce good wrestling? How dare you produce all right wrestling? Well. And this this week's show was good. It was fun. Not good as last week's. I um, I watched it and in the end I thought that flew over, which means it must have been good. Because normally I'd be like picking up my phone or just like doing shit, but I just just pretty much watched it straight through. Um, I but, happily admit I watched it in bits. It's it, it, it was like I say it was fun. It, again, it moved on the stories. There was a couple of bits that I was a bit miffed with. Especially Tessa Blanchard turning oh. face, which just I, I, ha- I have I have words about that, but we'll get to there when we get. Uh, there. But I mean, it started out Moose and Josh Alexander who have teamed up because Ethan Page has gone off to fight RVD for some reason. Because uh, there, there you don't want to feed fucking Moose uh, RVD. Yeah, true. Aye. Uh, versus LEX, um, a good match as usual. Aye. I mean, it's LEX. Um, Moose did his sort of catching powerbomb thing again, which seems to be his sort of signature at the minute. Um, it was brilliant. It was like I think Santana went for a sort of corner sent on or something like that, and he just caught him and powerbombed him. Um, but I mean, it was a good match. Josh, Josh Alexander uh, comes across as very believable. He's very sort of crisp. He's very it might sound stupid, but he reminds us of um, Lance Storm. If in the you, way, if you may be serious for a moment. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, just the way he sort of everything he does looks like it hurts, which is good. Um, but LAX got the win, decent match. Um, it is fine enough. Like um, fine TV opener. I think yeah. we saw. I think the booking of it is twofold. You don't want the North to. Um, job out to LAX so early, but also you don't want Moose dropping out to RVD, so it serves a functional purpose, but also I think it was a better way to book a fucking around this. Like, I think this is a very shoddily booked angle so far, like for both angles. Yeah, it's it's just sort of filling, it's just getting them on the card, isn't it? Sounds like, <clears throat> sounds like fucking TNA, at least they're not having reverse back of roles anyway. Oh, Jesus. Um, then we had a really shit interview with Madison Rian. Oh, fucking shock. Less said about that. Uh, then we had a really good Tommy Dreamer promo, like proper fire. I really enjoyed it. You see, Chris? Yeah, I did. It was actually well. I love Tommy promos. Like, it was, um, it's not as good as the one last week where he like clearly had a boner below the camera. Oh yeah. <laughs> it just uh, it just just went off on one. He even quoted the Warriors, which is an amazing film. Chris, watch it. 
Um, It's a really long list, Gaff. You're going to have to decide where we need to fucking start. (laughs) All the way back. Nosferatu. All the way back. (laughs) Can I just, like, watch wrestling and not have to worry about watching films? You need to broaden your horizons. I don't like horizons. They're scary and shit on me. Uh, And then we had Tessa came out to the comedy booth and she's now a face. Here's the thing, though, Gaff. You, you have never booed Tessa Blanchard. I don't think anyone is at this point is able to boo Tessa Blanchard. I don't know, but it's better when she's a badass. But you can be a badass face. She's just, just too nice. Kenny Omega. Yeah, but she's she's been really nice and... You know... It's like know. kill your chubby. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and then there was a, a, a match between... Ty Valkyrie and Madison Rain. It was. Ty can actually the... fuck off. It was by the by. It was just. Ty it was a match. Ty just seriously fuck off. To be fair, to be fair, the Ty Valkyrie. I think this heel turn and the, the fact she's a lot more vicious and she's got a totally different. She's totally changed her move set. She like, didn't have a good match with Jordan she, Grace. She gets kudos for that, but other than that, yeah. And Madison Rain's dreadful. She's just why she come back. Because Josh Matthews, Josh Matthews. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> but then, um, fucking. <laughs> well, we had the impact moment of the week, which I skipped. I what was it? <laughs> I didn't watch. It was Abyss versus RVD, um, Bound for Glory. Oh, it's not really a moment you want to fucking remember. Twenty ten. Um, it's not the one when like half of RVD's side got knocked off. It was the one where. Um, um, oh no, that was in the build-up. Rob falls off the top off the. Turnbuckle to the outside onto a barbed wire table. Very clearly clamouring to find RVD moments. Yeah. Um, not many. But then we cut to present day RVD absolutely off his face. Oh, he was fucking stoned. Getting interviewed. And it's just like he can't even string a sentence together. <laughs> do you just... think do you think that's for um do you think that's marijuana or do you think that's for concussions? Uh, it's probably a bit of both. It's, he's definitely high, high as shit. He's just so off his box. Going to beat even page, but then I got high. Is <laughs> he just keeps going? Yeah, everyone's just here to see RVD. This guy just wants to be here to wrestle RVD. Everyone wants to see me. When is the last time RVD cut a good promo? <sighs> Has he ever? Um, ECW, ECW RVDs was a fucking great promo. I've never been a big fan of RVD. Um, You're never going to be a fan of much, Gareth. No, no. I just have high standards, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Bret Hart is the standard. Wow. That's a high standard. <laughs> to be fair, though, with Bret, ha- Bret Hart, he, but he should be the standard because he's like a solid, okay, okay wrestler. Whoa, no whoa, problem. whoa, whoa, whoa. Solid, okay wrestler. Jesus, Chris. Are you trying to kill him? Yeah, yes, I am. <laughs> or do you want to be killed? <laughs> Wow! Yes, yes, I do. I really do. Please kill me. <laughs> I'm gonna, br- I'm gonna find where you live and bring a copy of Bret Hart's autobiography. Bret Hart's autobiography. The only autobiography I own is Edges. Oh, uh, the WWE one. Because you're the Edge Lord. Hey, that should be that should be my gimmick. Edge Lord, Christopher O'Brien. <laughs> Just coming out. Just coming out. Nine Eleven was an inside job. Jesus Christ! 
Connie, <sighs> Connie Love killed Kurt Cobain. Uh, anyway, uh, back to the. Uh, died in 1967. <coughs> back to Jordan Grace versus Alexa, Alexia Nicole, <laughs> whoever she is. I, d- I, d- I, d- I didn't take a note of the job as name. No, nah, she was just a job. It was just um, just getting She's Jordan the Grace Colin over. Of... Yeah, I don't know why they had to do this though, because surely they could have put her in there with somebody else. No, but here's yeah. the thing though. I would, I would imply that. Um, Impact want a good women's division, which they don't because the current feud is Madison Rain and Ty Valkyrie. Yeah, and they're both terrible on the mic and average at best in the ring. Um, Kira Hogan seems to have who, turned who heel. Can also, who can also fuck off? <laughs> she seems to have turned heel. <laughs> she's decided she doesn't need any friends and yeah, she's going to beat up. So she's Rose me when Rosen. I was 16. Uh, she's just, uh, she's trying. <laughs> Give her, give her some <laughs> Clearly not fucking hard enough. Um, <sighs> then Ethan Page versus RVD, and to be fair, it was alright. I, I, I liked this match. I thought this was a really fun yeah. match. I think this is probably the best RVD can do, and it's not like Ethan Page can carry someone, so. No, it's, it's, it was just the RVD greatest hits, really. Um, Which I'm fine with. It was alright, yeah. Um, RVD obviously got the win. Um, it was serviceable. Um, when I saw him, he was better, and that was only two years ago, so he's obviously degraded a little bit. Yeah, he just looked a bit off the pace and slow, but I mean... It sounds like RVD in TNA. Yeah, hopefully he sort of... He might honestly, start honestly, giving a get shit. Him, get him in there with Penta, get him in there with Phoenix. I think yeah. Well. Um, then we had an update from Brian Cage, who apparently has some sort of swelling around the spine. Because... Uh, I mean, I think it was legit. I think he did legit. Oh, yeah, he was yeah. legitimately sent to the hospital after Yeah, um, his leg went sort of numb at some point. He lost all the feeling. Um, Tired of being what you want me to be. Sorry. That's a uh, big mic for you. Um, I was, it wasn't big Mike's fault, right? Like, it happened during the match, didn't it? I don't know, but... I, d- yeah. I, th- I don't think bi- I don't think the power helped. <laughs> I don't think it's big. But, like, Elgin doesn't make an... He doesn't make a habit of injuring people, just makes a habit of not taking sexual assault allegations seriously and sleeping with a victim. Well, you know, speaking of Mike Elgin, he was in the next segment, uh, getting interviewed by, what's he called, uh, Menendez, the inve- investigative fucking interviewer, whatever he called himself. I don't know. Um, yeah. Um, and then Johnny Impact shows him, and you know what? I actually like this heel Johnny Impact character. I'd, I'd like him if I could fucking believe a word he said. It's because it's because his promos are so shit, but it kind of works because he's so like he's no, this whole sort of ego it's, thing and it's still shite promo. It's like the way he says to that Menendez guy who's carrying the microphone. Get, he says, "Get the hell out of here, or I'm going to kick you in the face." So he leaves, but then everyone can still hear them being interviewed. Yeah, because he, he and I just don't know how sound works. So it's just a prop. Um, yeah, but so I don't. I just think these two being in a feud is, on one hand, a good thing because it will get Elgin over strong. But on the other hand, a good thing because neither of them can cut a fucking promo. Well, Elgin just said exactly what he said last week. Yeah, no, exactly. Elgin can't cut a promo. There's a reason he was good in Japan because he only had to ever had to say like nice things about his opponents when he got backstage. <laughs> he said something about um. Destroying him and then like, uh, and then 
destroying Willie Mack, but um, what the fuck has Willie Mack done? <laughs> then Johnny Impact says no, Willie Mack's fine. He, what he says, uh, Willie Mack's probably at home playing video games with his cats. Why the power of Willie Mack? I like Willie Mack. That was a fucking random. He, he's the current RCW heavyweight champion. I love Willie Mack. He's brilliant. I'd like oh, to see RCW Willie Mack versus... my fire pro promoter mode. Versus uh, Elgin. Um, yeah, that would, that would be pretty good. Like uh, Elgin being in TNA does open a lot of exciting possibilities. Yeah. Then we had like... uh, Rob's favourite team. Oh. oh, fuck, yeah. I forgot about this. They got a victory, didn't they? Desi Hit Squad versus the Deaners. Versus, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, we need your impression. Yes, please. <sighs> I can't do that anymore. No, 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 don't say you can't do it anymore. Go on, try it. <laughs> well, since they've started coming on, though, they don't actually do this. I, I, I don't care. None of us care. Banjo Kazooie. Oh, god, god, that's amazing. Um, we should have never done that now. Uh, Brent Banks and Aiden Prince, two the, Canadian dudes apparently. The jobbers and the Rascals. Uh, to be fair, they, that Aiden Prince seems to be getting quite a lot of sort of TV time. He's not too bad. He's he's, he's all right. Um, but what what didn't really fucking make any sense whatsoever in this match? It was a decent match. Um, Desi Hit Squad were actually all right. Um, no, they weren't. Rascals. <laughs> They were actually, but they, they, I've, I've said ever since seeing them, they have decent double team moves. They just um, rascals are amazing. Um, just a proper team. They really everything they do is really smooth. Um, some crazy outside dives. Um, but then Desi Hit Squad get the win on the fucking Dinas, which is the tag team that they've just brought in. They just that's what I couldn't understand when you said that the um that the Desi Hit Squad had got a win. I was like, are you? Being serious over the Deaners, who they've just spent all this time hiding. Like, bit, like yeah, it's just what the fuck. Um, just seemed a bit odd, but so the Deaners were denied. You're not allowed to say things. <laughs> but like, why I, li- I like how unenthusiastic Gaff A was. <laughs> it was like, a. it's like, really that, sexual A. There was there was two fucking ready-made jobbers in the ring there. Got to keep the jobbers Brent- strong. Brent Banks and Aiden Prince. Do you Always know I mean? keep the job of strong. Look, look, everyone's leaving Garth. They're probably going to have to have a title at some point. And I like, which is odd because uh, Cross does a really good interview. As Cross, he always does. All, Cross always does a really good interview. Like a promo he's amazing about, and, sort of, and I love him. Just promo me, daddy. Because he's, he's setting up a feud with um, Eddie Edwards yes. around the kendo stick. Um, and he just keeps saying there's a fine line between genius and insane. Um, and can you guess which one I am? Blah blah blah. So yeah. I can't, though. I really can't. And just randomly like <laughs> screaming at the camera. It's like a Samoa Joe um, promo where yeah. Samoa Joe would be like, uh, really intense, and then shout his next line, and then goes quiet. It was good. Um, then there was a really odd skit with um, the Rascals and LEX at the clubhouse. Is there ever a normal skit involving LEX or the Rascals? <laughs> just the drinking and. You know, it was the, all fact, like... the fact that a child didn't die makes it one of the better relics. <laughs> but it was, um, yeah, that was a bit odd. It was, it was all right. It was fine. It was just, yeah, the, the piped in canned laughter just still doesn't work. And then we had the main event, which was excellent. Really, really enjoyed it. 
Um, it was a fun car crash, but he needs to stop doing this fucking Lego spot, though. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, it's every both, match but, now. Um, Rob, you'll love this. So, like, we get this is near the end. So, um, Fala Bauer was in this match. Well, we, we actually we haven't actually said who was in the match. Say who was in the match. Uh, it was yeah. Rich Swan, Willie Mack, Fala Bar, and Tommy Dreamer versus OVE. Like, all um, four. Oh, Gaff, did you, not Gaff, um, Rob, did you see the skip that got Falabar into this match? I did not. It was great. So, like, um, Rich one was talking, Tommy Dreamer came up, he was like, hey, Rich, I saw OVE challenge you. I'm in. And he was like, cool. So, like, de- Willie Mack would definitely be in, which is like, it's not really fair to assume that <laughs> Willie Mack would want to be in a fucking death, death match, but okay. So then he was like, we need one more person. Then, oh, it went to a Smokey and Scarlet, Scarlet Badeau, who was apparently fucking magic, turns up. And <laughs> It's like, hey boys, so here you need someone to take it to the extreme. And then Tommy Dream was just there going, um, I was in the first ever freeway dance. It's like, oh. <laughs> he's like, like he's... pop the dirty old perm. Yeah, like fucking old fucker. Anyway, so she was like, a, she was just rubbing off him on the chest. And like, this explains where half of Bridge One's problems come from. And she was just like, I wasn't talking about me. And then fucking Falabella walks in, but it's like, <laughs> it's it's all a ooh moment. Like fucking down goes everyone in the room's bonus. But um He's so <laughs> he's he's actually really good though. Falabar is like good. I, I don't hate him anymore. Do you he's mean actually loads of weight as well. And I fucking uh, the first time I saw him was this KM against a fucking Dazzy Hit Squad. That's not the greatest intro um introduction no. to him, is it? And he then, seems like, to, he definitely what? seems to have lost weight, like. Yeah, but like he it's had all it to lose. It's, yeah, it's sort of like if you took if you take fucking a little bit of nuclear energy out of a fucking megaton bomb. So. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly feel, but, um, feels bad about my comment now. <laughs> anyway, I'll let if you listen then. <laughs> um. <laughs> Please come on the NXT retrospective. Anyway, um, so Lego comes out and then Falabar, who's like they need to stop doing close-ups of his feet because it's fucking manky as fuck, <laughs> but. Like just sort of just sort of powered his way across the Lego to a get Sammy Callahan. That's the best part because like um Don Carlos was like, Fala bars are wearing his shoes. What an idiot. It will feel like burning. Yeah. It was a good match. I honestly I, I really it thought was it was fun hardcore plunder. Yeah. Um it was just basically no holds barred, like all on all uh a battle zone with weapons. Um Willie Mack did his over-the-top fucking plancher on the whole lot. Wiped them all out. Uh, Dave, was it Dave Chris do it? And missed everyone? And sort of went straight into the fucking barrier? That fucking, oh my god. Um, Fallow dove through the ropes on everybody. So it, was, it had loads of good sort of uh, spots. And then um, I Jay Chris... I don't fit through the ropes, to be honest. Well, wasn't Tommy dreaming like holding it open for him? Oh yeah, fair enough. Um, and then Jay Chris's head got absolutely busted open with a, uh, one of the bin lids. Oh no, it was the bin. Uh, oh, that's fucking gross. It was massive gash on the back of his head. Actually, you know what happened? This one was man. I was at a what coach show um, a couple of years ago. I'm primate. Fucking hit his head off the bin. Fucking self open. It's like Jesus Christ, primate. It's no wonder you had to retire for a little bit. And we had we did have a uh, fucking insane spot from Rich Swan and uh, Jake Christ where he did the cutter off the top of the 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 ladder was set up outside the ring on the ramp. Rich Swan was on the top 
and Jay Chris was behind him. Jay Chris sort of jumped over him, grabbed him in the cutter, into the ring, off the top of this ladder. Which was... That's a one good thing about that fucking ramp, because I hate it. It was fucking crazy. Um, I hate hate the ramp, though. Like, I hate ramps that just go straight into the ring. Did you notice um, Fallow Bar broke his character as well, at one point? No, I did not. Because normally he only says, like, bar, bar. But during the match, uh, he he had someone in the corner, he went, one more time! Well, fucking, that's kayfabe ruined. Like, yeah. this podcast has suddenly become meaningless. Everything that's, has become meaningless. We should all I mean, stop. Vince started it all, and Fallas just fucking done it. Um, I just thought it was funny. And then... Bring kayfabe Cap- in the middle of the match, though. Fucking... Oh, no. Poor showing Falabar. It was like a John Cena call. Um, you talk too much. <laughs> um... And then Sammy Callahan, who wasn't really in the match that much. Sammy Callahan, like, didn't... Like, to be fair, though, like, he did take a lot of punishment the night before for nothing, because the match was shite, but still. Yeah, I true. But he um, pile drives Willie Mack under the Lego for the win. And it was just a really fun match. Just non-stop hardcore action. It's like a solid six. Six? (laughs) Jesus. You're hard man to please. Right, fucking. There's been a lot of wrestling this week, Gaff. Like, we haven't even talked about NXT UK, which is really good to start with the Glasgow show. Oh, yeah. I forgot they were on, actually. But yeah, that, that was that was impact. Really good. Fun show, couple of shit bits, but it was fun. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, you two, for your impact. A little retrospective. We'll be back, obviously, next week for you to carry on with your impact. They have announced, of course, that Slammiversary is going to take place in Dallas, Texas, I believe. Yep. Everything's July. bigger in Texas. So I've heard. Sorry. So I've heard. Um, I should go to Texas. Say again? I should go to Texas. You should go to Texas. I think we should all <laughs> go me, to Texas. Make me bigger, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, everything gets weird. <laughs> everything gets weird. So on Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, it is Money in the Bank. Usually, the WWE pay per view that most people look forward to, aside from the Royal Rumble. Uh, and I'm honestly not that asked. But what we're going to do is because obviously, like I've already said, SmackDown is being uh, shown later tonight, and we don't know if any of the matches have been changed. So we're just going to go with the ladder matches first, and then we'll announce our predictions closer to the time. So. Are you ready, lads? Ready. No. I'm going to go first, okay, because <laughs> then Chris can't complain that I'm copying off him. So, men... Can... <laughs> no, but that means you're, you're going to complain that I'm copying off you. That is exactly what I'm going to do. So, the men's oh, money in the bank me, ladder match. <laughs> we have got Sami Zayn versus Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre versus Baron Snorbin. Uh, versus Mustafa Ali versus Finn Balor versus Andrade versus Randy Orton. Now, Are you related to this podcast because you're writing about Baron Corbin joke. I, no, genuinely came to me. I was quite pleased with myself. Um, <laughs> I'm what gonna, time did you get to bed? Like like one, one thirty. Yeah, like one, one thirty. Um, I'm gonna go with Drew McIntyre. Um, for me, he is the only man on that roster. Oh, sorry, on that match card that makes sense to win the briefcase. You're a cunt, Rob, because I was going to say Drew McIntyre. Yeah, of course you were, because you were going to copy off me. Um... Fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. I always pick Drew McIntyre because he's my boy. I, I don't... There's no other person that 
screams their world champion. Finn Balor's the IC champion. You can rule him out. Ricochet, they're not going to put it on Ricochet. Yeah, he's only just come up. Sami Zayn, they seem completely against pushing Sami Zayn, so it won't be Zayn. Baron Corbin's already won it. He fucking fire promos for two weeks, and then we threw, literally threw him in the fucking bin. They did physically throw him in the bin. Um, it's not going to be Mustafa Ali, because he's small and flippy, and as we know, Vince hates that. Um, Andrade is the only other real option, in my opinion. That's... That's my pick, Andrade. Is that your pick, Andrade? Yeah. I think that's... I just think that the Hispanic thing, and they're not going to give anything else to Ray, and he's mint, and yeah. I don't think Drew needs it. Yeah, I don't think Drew needs it, that's the thing. He needs something to get him out of the shadow of Baron Snorbin. Yes, I'm going to keep making that joke. Um, It wasn't a good joke the first time. It is the most incredible joke, Chris. (laughs) See Garth laughing, yes. and he is an angry, angry man. So, see, see, in my head, it's like that Rick and Morty guy. It's like he's not laughing; he just does that every couple of seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, we then move on to the women's championship money in the bank ladder match, and Jesus Christ, is this lacking in star power? So, <laughs> the match is from Raw: Natalia, Dana Brooke, Naomi, and Alexa Bliss. And then on the SmackDown side, we've got Bailey, Mandy Rose, Ember Moon, and Carmella. I'm going to go first I don't again. Pushing Dana, I don't. I, very quickly, I don't understand why they're pushing Dana Brooke at this point. Because I, I understand a couple of years ago when she was like fucking jacked and winning the Arnold Classic, but right now she looks like a deflated balloon, I, and she can't wrestle. I disagree. The reception that she got in a match against Ronda Rousey after she gave this really inspiring promo on social media about basically how she'd been there, she'd put in the work, and just because Ronda Rousey was famous for MMA, suddenly she's the champion and expects everything given to her. That got a lot of people on side with Dana Brooke, and I think the WWE have done a good job actually capitalising on what little momentum Dana Brooke has been given. Because let's face it, they've given a fuck all. Yes, she is not the most competent wrestler. I And I don't expect her to win this match by any stretch of the imagination. I do think she deserves a chance, though. I think, if I'm perfectly honest, if Mandy Rose can be in that match, Dana Brooke can be in that match. Yeah, but like Mandy Rose is obviously in there because like Vince that does things when people aren't looking. But... Like, in the case of... De- like, I don't know. Like, I feel like the momentum of the Ronda thing is sort of gone. Uh, no, I disagree. I disagree. Like, you just have Sam Roberts burying her in main event. Well, Sam Roberts <laughs> can suck a dick. Um, yeah, I bet fucking Bill Dempsey think he's a major podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have Sam Roberts on this podcast if it was the last person on Earth. Um, the, the thing is with Mandy Rose... Uh, um, she's shy. I've picked Mandy Rose. Have you? Oh, had, oh you fucking <laughs> moron! God, it's like you don't want to get back into. It's like you don't want to win anymore. It's like you want to be controversial. Honestly, uh, think when I look at that thing, I think I would like Ember Moon to win. She's not going to win. No way. They've dropped her. She's just she's done. Natalia's just making up the numbers. Um, and unless for, unless somehow there's some sort of massive swerve. And Sasha ends up in this match. I think Mandy Rose is going to win it. You know, Sasha had that song, I Had a Dream I Hadn't Made It. Well, she was kind of right. She was. <laughs> um, 
I feel sorry for Sonia Deville because she seems to have been lost in the shuffle with this whole Mandy Rose, you know, shooting star thing. And I think Sonia Deville should have had an opportunity in this match as opposed to Mandy. Because don't forget, Mandy Rose has already had a two title opportunities now. Um, oh, she's, she's, she's fucking terrible, but I just I honestly think she's going to win. She's dog shit. I agree. And I think that would completely epitomise WWE's booking at the moment when you've already got people in this match that include Natalia, Ember Moon, Bailey, and Naomi, all who whom can wrestle. They will give it to the don't person for, who don't forget, looks the best. Ellsworth won it one year. Oh, that is true. Ellsworth, Ellsworth is the inaugural holder of the Woman's Money in the Bank. Yeah. yeah um, cool. Oh. Oh, you've made a good point now. Fuck's sake, I was going to go Ember Moon. Um, I'd love Ember Moon to win it. I think she would be a good champion. Ember Moon is so good. I mean, they're going to go one of two ways. I mean, I think we can say I've already forgotten who's in the match. Right, Raw, Natalia, Dana, Brooke, Naomi and Alexa Bliss. I think it's safe to say that no one on that side is winning. Maybe Bliss. They won't give it to Bliss again. You think? Bliss won it last year. They're not going to do it two in a row. Yeah, that's what we thought about Bliss. Oh, no, did she? Bliss yes, she did. Yes, she won it last that's year. What we thought about, that's what we thought about Bliss winning championship reigns, but then they yeah. happened. No, I, I don't think so. See, what's going to happen is Hulk Hogan's going to come out and it's like 25-inch racist python and it's just going to reach <laughs> up and grab it down. For... <laughs> um, which means it's going to have to be... It's going to have to be someone on the SmackDown side. It's not going to be Carmella. <laughs> she's already won it. Um and then it depends. Are you gonna go Bailey, which is the obvious route? You know, it would make complete sense for Bailey to do it, but you know, you've then already spaffed a Bailey versus Becky Lynch match up the wall. So it's then down to Mandy Rose and Ember Moon. And again, Gar, this goes to show the booking of WWE at the moment that I want Ember Moon to win. Ember Moon should win, and I've talked yep. myself into thinking it's going to be Mandy fucking Rose. Garth is a very Garth, you're a very good at convincing people. You should think about becoming a cult leader. <laughs> Makes you think he isn't one. I mean, the cult, the cult I, I, I was curious what he was, why he was handing me leaflets in his car, but <laughs> more than one leaflet. Plural. Just take a handful. Yeah, like one of them. One of them was about the coat, and the other one was a payment plan. Ah, I like it. Chris, who've you got? Uh, you're gonna hate me, Rob. I have forgotten who's in the match again. Oh, fuck sake. Um, Bailey, Natalia, Dana Brooke, Naomi Bliss, Bailey, Mandy Rose, Ember Moon, and Carmella. God, everyone you want to win isn't going to win, and everyone who could win is wank. Yeah, nice. Um, 100%. That's a great summary of this match. I, I'm i going to go with my heart, since my brain would make me cry. So I'm going to go with Bailey. Going to go with Bailey? I think that's a safe bet. Um, So those are our predictions for the Money in the Bank ladder matches. We'll give you our actual predictions. I predict the Lacey Evans-Becky Lynch match is going to be wank. I don't think that's a prediction. I think that's a given. <laughs> it's a shenanigans. Yeah, shenanigans. Um, so that just leaves one last thing, guys, and that is match of the week. Garth, we'll start with you. What's been your match of the week this week? Uh, mine was the uh, main event on Impact, the over-the-top 
uh, sort of all on all Tommy Dreamer special. <laughs> Fair enough. I think that's a good way of describing it. Uh, is this the match that Chris just shat on and gave it only six out of ten? Yeah, you so, yeah. fucking that's a smart. Good review. That's a good review. That's the match we. That's the rating we gave Ren Narita versus Dookie. Yeah, and that had more of a structure. What's your fucking match of the week? Right, fucking right. So it's very hard to pick. It is from Progress Super Strong Style. I am going to go with the main event of night one, which was Kyle O'Reilly versus Hard as Fuck Chris Redray, and like just technical masterclass, amazing strikes, really, really good submissions. The commentary put over Chris Redray so much, said that Kyle O'Reilly wanted to face Chris Redray, which puts him over so much, especially after that stellar match with Walter from a couple months ago. And just by the, the way Chris Ridgway is built, is great. They just go, he has a black belt and being hard as fuck is mm-hmm. amazing. Um, and it's absolutely great. Very quickly, some of the recommended viewing, um, not from not just everyone. Um, Elia Dragon versus Chris Brooks. Um, John Devlin versus um, Kyle Fletcher. And also any of the Jim Smallman promos. And also... Tomorrow, um, tomorrow, the third part should have a wasteman challenge, which is the best thing progress does. Uh, fair enough, fair enough. That's pretty decent reasoning to go and subscribe to Progress on Demand. Um, I mean, for all the Pay reasons me. we went onto, you know, earlier during the best of Super Juniors, it's got to be Show versus Shingo for me. I mean, we gave it ten stars for goodness' sake, and we pretty much you know, spaffed all over the walls about the match. So it makes perfect sense to give my match of the week to this. It's an outstanding match. Even if you aren't a fan of New Japan, I highly encourage you to go and watch it because the storytelling, the impact moves, it's not a junior match that's heavy on the flippy shit. It's two men who want to prove something, bludgeoning the living shit out of each other. And it's a hound. Yeah, just two lumps of meat just (laughs) pounding it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Bray Wyatt. That must, have been very, that must have been very awkward for Gaff. <laughs> Do you know what? I don't care. I'm used, I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think we persuaded him to do this podcast? Bye, um So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that is everything that we've got time for. I'm sure you'll be pleased to know. Thank you so much for listening to this weird... You've really put our podcast over there. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, oh, you'll be glad to know we're finished. To this weird and disjointed uh, podcast that we've been doing. Thank you so much for listening. You can subscribe. We didn't talk about vomit, so it's not as bad as when me and Garth were doing it. (laughs) That is a good point. That is a good point. We didn't. Um, You can subscribe to us on any podcast platform, anyone you want, CastBox, Podcast Addict, iTunes. Uh, We're on all of them. Please go and check us out because a five-star review really helps, including Spotify. Don't forget to check out the website, www.podmania.co.uk. You can find us on Twitter at at Podmania. You can also find us on Facebook and on Instagram and on YouTube. Check out all of our content on there. Um, In the meantime, if you can't get to that, you can also talk to me on Twitter at at RealRobGoodwin. Garth, what's your Twitter handle? At Garthamania. And Chris has Twitter. Thank you so much for listening, guys. (laughs) You're such a cunt. Chris, what is your Twitter handle? Is that CandyChris97? (sighs) Look, it's not that bad. Like, your one is that real god Rob Goodwin. How many fucking Rob Goodwins are there? I I know three of them. Like, just get verified, man. 
Just get just get verified. Yeah, get that blue tick, man. <laughs> the one day, one day I'll get that blue tick. One day. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. You've been listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Podmania, Facebook at Podmania Podcasts, and YouTube and Instagram at RealPodmania. And check out the website, podmania.co.uk. Until next time, wrestling fans. Wrestling fans.